0: The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham. I'm
1: walking here. On Sports Hub Triad. Glad to have you in. lot to do on this Friday. I was thinking the day. On March 12, 2020, John Swaffer was on the floor at the Greensboro Coliseum handing Florida State an ACC Tournament Championship trophy. They played no games in order to win. Exactly one year to the day, many are calling for the ACC tournament to be canceled this year after Virginia became the second team in consecutive days to exit due to a positive COVID test. The Cavaliers put out a statement a short while ago saying they still plan to find a way to compete in the NCAA tournament. That sounds like a good sign, but we'll wait and see. I think canceling the tournament now would be an overreaction and a decision driven more on optics rather than science. We've been coexisting with COVID now for a year. We cover it in the sports context, and what I've learned, Robert, is there's always going to be some risk, and the moment we decided to play, we decided to accept those risks. Every sports commissioner has learned, except for the ones that had to play in the bubble and did so Mitigating all outside risk, the NBA and the NHL comes to mind there. But the sports that had to play without a bubble, they learned that you had to roll with the punches and you can't overreact when COVID makes its presence known. Major League Baseball, we mocked the sport a week and a half into the season thinking that it was going to be over before it reaches a month, but then they got to the finish line playing the majority of their games. The NFL did not cancel one game during the regular season. They just pushed on through college football without a bubble. A lot of games were canceled, but we got a college football championship through. We got to the finish line, and the ACC should not go back on that philosophy now. Doing so now would prove that you were wrong to play this tournament, and I don't think it was a bad decision to play the tournament. Now, we could talk about schedules all you want, The NCAA made it known when they were going to play the tournament. Then the ACC decided, yeah, we're not going to have any buffers in the schedule, any pockets to make up games, and we're going to have the tournament right before the NCAAs. That's a completely separate conversation. When we talk about the idea of conference tournaments being played, I still think they hold value. And if you've ever been to the Greensboro Coliseum, even if you went uh, this week with the minimal crowds there, You understand that they still carry significant value. The ACC tournament should continue to be played. The science tells us the COVID exposures we've seen this week were not from Greensboro. They were not problems in the ACC's protocols. More on that in a bit. Let's start with Duke. Duke commuted. Duke decided... We're not going to share a hotel with 10 other teams. We're going to commute to and from. It seems this is, again, just a guess. This is not based on something that we know yet. It seems like it might be connected to an outbreak on campus, which includes... The Duke football team being involved, staying at the same hotel, the Washington Duke, that the Duke men's basketball team stayed at since August. There's the fraternity situation, Duke officials, they are wrestling whether or not they want to have in-person classes moving forward as a result of this outbreak. It's impossible not to think that might have infiltrated Duke's bubble in the Washington Duke hotel in Durham, commuting back and forth. But even if it wasn't that, it wasn't Greensboro. When you consider, since Duke was commuting, they were going to and from. Uh, there wasn't enough time between when they first arrived in Greensboro and started playing games, playing Wednesday and Thursday, where they could have contracted it and there be the incubation period where they would then test positive days later. There's just not enough time. And the same goes for Virginia as well. Now, I'm not a doctor, But we've followed this enough now for a year to know how these things work, I think. We know enough to say that Duke's case was in no way connected to Virginia since Duke was commuting and would never cross paths. Virginia stayed in a completely different hotel than the teams that would be playing on Tuesday and Wednesday. So they would have been completely separate. They played their first game yesterday in the ACC tournament. Uh, David Teal just texted me, the accomplished writer from uh, the, the, uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, just texted me saying that they arrived Tuesday afternoon. This positive test would have happened thir- late Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, because they would have wanted a second positive test to prove it wasn't a false positive. That's, again, very unlikely from a medical perspective that you show up Tuesday afternoon, and then on Thursday test positive based on an exposure in Greensboro. That's just kind of not how it works here. You know? And the good news is: Virginia beat Syracuse, Duke beat Louisville. The two teams they were on the floor with, they're no longer in Greensboro to play anyway, even though if we're talking about science again, there's not a lot of evidence out there that suggests that COVID can be passed during athletic competition because there are very few circumstances. You're standing next to somebody uninterrupted for 15 consecutive minutes. These are the things we know. Science talk on sports talk radio, not generally the most sexy thing, but I think it's necessary today when you're talking about what the right decision is and what's a decision driven on optics and you know overreaction to the news we're seeing today? On Twitter at SportsHub Triad. What's your thought on this? North Carolina getting set for Florida State tonight. 336 777 1600 We'll talk specifically about that matchup in a bit. The teams, they're already here and they want to play. Whatever happened to that? You know, we heard it during football season. There was a moment we didn't feel like the college season was going to be played, but then Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and all these players came together, and we all said, yeah, listen to them. They want to play. These kids definitely still want that, and they're in the bubble now. They've been here long enough that it's doubtful that they would have a positive test. North Carolina Roy Williams has told us how many times he wants to play as many games as possible, especially given how young his team is. Florida State, you don't think they want to play? The last time they were on the floor at Greensboro, in Greensboro, they were being ripped off of the floor a year ago today and handed that trophy. They haven't played in an ACC tournament basketball game since losing to Zion and Duke two years ago in Charlotte. Georgia Tech, are you kidding me? They're in the championship game now. Josh Pasner, you don't think he wants the opportunity to win the championship? Of course they do. We know bubbles work. With Kansas being added to the list and not playing in the Big 12 anymore, not going to play Texas today, we're talking about five teams by my count. Unfortunately, one of those in the triad, North Carolina A&T, heartbreaking stuff, favorite in the MEAC, not going to compete this year because of a COVID situation as well. And as emotionally gut-wrenching as that is, especially if you're a Hoos fan or a Duke fan or an a t fan or a Kansas fan, let's not let the 5 out of 340 uh, affect our judgment here. Don't let the 5 outweigh the 336 or 335. Not great at math here. Bubbles work. It worked last week in Greensboro. It was flawless for the ACC tournament for the women's side. Follow through on it. I think that's the right thing to do. Let's go to Ed in Winston Salem. Ed, the Tar Heels have Florida State tonight. I don't know how I feel about. I have a pretty good feeling that Florida State's probably going to win, and I'll explain why in a bit. But how do you feel?
2: Uh, no, I I think so too, guess. Uh, Josh, I think. What's going to happen? Hopefully, Carolina can hang with them, you know, in the first half. But I think in the second half they might uh, <laughs> run out of uh, gas. And just briefly on uh, the game last night, I could not believe <laughs> Virginia Tech made the uh, Carolinas bigs so look like a bunch of high school kids. I mean, they were setting screens, uh, you know, getting pick and rolls, and and the big men just tore us up. But they made some adjustments. Well, actually,
1: you know, let uh, me hold you up for a bit. We'll keep you on the line for a second. I actually want to play some sound here from our guy Armando Baycott on that very subject here. Where it didn't look that way in the first half. North Carolina only had two offensive rebounds in that game against Virginia Tech, two offensive boards. Then in the second half, they just seemed to wear them down completely, and that's something that's intentional, as our guy Armando said. I mean, we got four good bigs, so eventually we knew they was gonna wear down. And that's in the second half. I mean, every play we go into the board, so eventually it was gonna wear down. Luma started fouling, getting fouls and stuff like that, so it just made it a lot easier. Yeah. Every time he speaks, and he's great in his post-game press conferences. We're gonna get some of that. So there he is, Ed. Uh, that's that's uh, what North Carolina was trying to do in the game: wear down Virginia Tech. It didn't look as effective in the first half, but then they completely worn them down. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that against FSU. No,
2: I, I don't either, Josh. And uh, thank you for taking for the call, and uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament.
1: Thank you so much. Let's just get to us now. North Carolina, the Tar Heels, they're not going to push Florida State around like they did Virginia Tech in the second half when they started collecting fouls when North Carolina started getting offensive boards. Notre Dame's bro- uh, will was broken pretty quickly because their bigs are soft inside. It's not going to fly with Florida State having not played a game yet, and this being the third game in three nights for Carolina. FSU style, it- it's the last thing you want to see when you're playing on your third consecutive night. Uh, North Carolina looked pretty tired down the stretch. Walker Kessler had hands on hips. Armando, he was a ti- he was tired as well. Oh, so, I don't think it's going to go well for them. Florida State, very physical. A lot of bodies they like to play. I just don't think the Tar Heels are going to have enough to beat Florida State. Plus, Florida State is a superior basketball team. I said this in the preseason. If you want experienced players coming back. Florida State has more than North Carolina does. If you want great freshmen, Scotty Barnes is better than any freshman North Carolina has. It's why he won freshman of the year and also six man of the year in the ACC. They're the deepest team in the ACC. They've been that the last few years. They have the they have a better record than Carolina in the ACC over the last 5 years. They call themselves a new blood instead of a blue blood. I think they're going to prove that tonight. They're coming off a loss, bad one too to Notre Dame that could have led to them being the number one overall seed in the ACC and winning the regular season for the second consecutive year. They want to avenge the loss to Carolina, too. They blew that lead in Chapel Hill. And as I mentioned, first ACC tournament game Leonard's group's playing since losing to Zion in the ACC championship game way back in 2019. Brendan Mark's going to join us in a little over 15 minutes from The Athletic. We'll dive more into Virginia's COVID situation and Where Duke's at in terms of trying to figure out that timeline of what happened yesterday and the day prior leading to their season ending. But I want to talk about Cam Newton too. Cam Newton got a deal. Can he revitalize things? Can there be a Cam Newton resurgence year two in Foxborough? I think they can, there can be, and there will be, and I'll tell you why next.
2: Real talky, but not real listening. This is The Drive
1: with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. I don't know how we ended up talking about the Dakotas when I was on with gold a little while ago, Robert. Maybe it was because Trey Lance, working out the day as pro day, the Panthers there to see him. But I realized how little I knew about the Dakotas. Do you know the capitals of North in South Dakota
0: I should but I don't no
1: you want to take a crack at one of them
0: uh, I think one is
1: Sioux Falls I thought Sioux Falls would have been the capital of South Dakota too that's actually Pierre uh-huh. South Dakota learned that today North Dakota want to give it a shot
0: Uh no. I already gave you my shot
1: okay not throwing away your shot uh, Bismarck is the capital of North Dakota not Fargo for those playing at home. Brendan Demarks now with us. I won't quiz him on geography. I know he's in Greensboro. He's getting set for the ACC semifinal tonight featuring North Carolina and Florida State. We got a statement today from ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, finally, on what happened with Duke yesterday and Virginia today. Positive cases sending both the Cavaliers and the Blue Devils home. I'll give my reaction to that in 15 minutes, but I want yours now, Brendan. What did you make of it?
3: Well, Josh, you know, I actually think you're, you're giving the commissioner a lot of credit for that statement. Um, Just by know, saying it, it's a it, statement? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it really was a hundred words of a word side salad. It didn't really say anything. Um, you know, when it first popped in my email inbox, I read it and had to go back and read it again and again and again. And I was like, what what is this actually saying? Um And, you know, I understand that this is a difficult circumstance. Nobody really knows what's going on. But um, certainly you would think, you know, I I know that uh, Jim Phillips would like to have a more, you know, official or an easier or smoother introduction to the ACC and the media. But um, this is a situation that we need to know what's going on. We need to have a little bit of leadership. We need to have someone that we can ask these questions to. And to me that statement was lacking in terms of, Uh, any sort of tangible answers, especially ones that we still sort of have the questions to.
1: I'll tell you a gripe I have. This isn't just with the ACC's statement today, but a lot of statements we've seen in the last year. We always see we're going to follow the medical advice we're receiving. These statements are supposed to inform the public. You have access to these wonderful medical people. They never tell us what the advice they're given is. This is something I discussed with Billis, I think, a few weeks ago, where he, he was talking about, hey, if you're going to mention medical advice based on the medical advice we're receiving, well, tell us what the medical advice is. We never, ever get that from these statements. They're often hollow and empty, but we could talk more about that later on. Brendan's on Twitter, at Brendan R. Marks. Read his st- stuff in The Athletic. What's the latest you've been able to piece together about the Duke situation where when their statement comes out, it's pretty definitive. Okay, our season's over. But Virginia, obviously they've had a better season, number 1 seed in the ACC. Their situation happens and they still feel like, "Hey, even though the protocols are pretty strict on how to get into Indianapolis in the tournament, we still feel we still feel like we can get there." What do you know about the Blue Devil situation?
3: Yeah, so, you know, Josh, you're you're talking about the difference in the two, and obviously where these teams were coming into Greensboro, I think, has a large part to do with it. Um, It would have taken Duke not just winning against Florida State yesterday, and obviously that game didn't happen, but, you know, the Blue Devils are still probably going to need to win another game or two to have a reasonable at-large bid. And I know that some other bubble teams have had their own struggles, but um, for for Duke, you know, there really wasn't a, a path to the NCAA tournament once that game got scrapped. And some people, you know, even mentioned to me yesterday, they said, you know, well, would Duke consider an NIT bid? Would Duke consider, you know, trying to do something like that? It was beneficial in the past for other teams. And, and yes, maybe so. But at the same time, there's no guarantee that Duke was going to be able to make it to Texas for the NIT in, in terms of contact tracing protocols. And also I would add this. Duke has been as strict as any program in the country in terms of COVID protocols. The idea of that team after having players live in, you know, basically isolation since August, um, the idea of going down to Texas where the mask mandate was just sort of repealed and, and pulled back by the governor, uh, that just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me in terms of jiving with the rest of Duke's COVID protocols. And at the same time, I'll say this. I believe that Duke trying to be especially safe is actually what has ended up costing the Blue Devils. You know, you talk about Duke was not staying in Greensboro. Um, Duke has been commuting back and forth when it was here for, for the ACC tournament. It was commuting back and forth to campus, having players stay at the on-campus Washington Duke Inn. A- at the same time, over the weekend, Duke football had an outbreak. Duke University at large had an outbreak of COVID cases. And, um, you know, you, you just have to sort of wonder and connect the dots there in terms of did Duke hold itself more by staying in that situation rather than potentially getting a hotel in Greensboro and doing that. It's impossible to say exactly, but uh, certainly it's it's a weird situation and it's a little bit different from what the Cavaliers are going through. Have you
1: been told by Duke or by somebody connected to the program that it was the bus trips that made contact tracing very difficult for them?
3: Well, see, and this is the thing, Josh. It didn't, I don't think anyone has been able to confirm that it was the bus trips. Um, it would be a matter of you know how many buses did Duke take and It's a crazy question that we're even discussing this right now.
1: Sure, it is crazy.
3: um, I I think, you know, in in terms of the contact tracing, Duke has been wearing these, I'm going to butcher the name, but Connection, Connection, however you want to say it. They've been wearing these contact tracing devices all season. If you go back and look at Duke's games or pictures of the players from this season, you can almost see it in some of the pictures. It, It looks like they're wearing almost like a cell phone sleeve on their pocket, like on the waistband of their shorts. So, if it was the if it was not the bus ride, then in theory could it have been some sort of gathering or meeting here? Could it have been some sort of gathering or team meeting back on campus? I mean, it's it's impossible to say exactly how these contact tracing uh protocols are working because again, as you've said, we don't have the full insight. As I understand it, uh someone would, would contact trace out if they spent 15 minutes within six feet of someone in a 24-hour period. And, and to me, are you not doing that just in the course of a game or over the course of timeouts? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's a really weird situation to me. I think the bus ride probably makes the most sense. But, uh, again, you know, a- everything we're sort of still figuring it out on the fly.
1: I know Roy Williams said last night the team that scores more points is going to is gonna be the one that wins the game. And, you know, they're 20-year-old kids. They shouldn't get tired anyway. But when a big part of your game plan the last two nights has been wearing down your opponent, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, with your size, with your physicality, and that's the way that the Knowles like to play, can North Carolina even attempt to play the way they have the last two nights against Florida State this evening? They've got to.
3: I mean, this is, this is who this team is. And, you know, tired or not, I, I will say this, you know, UNC is playing this this grueling physical style, getting the offensive rebounds, getting the putbacks, um really just absolutely eating the glass. And and there's no other choice for this team. I mean, the the guard play is not there for this team to win otherwise. There are two two reasons why I'm not completely, you know, down on the Tar Heels physical chances just in terms of being exhausted. Number 1 is that In that first game against Notre Dame, uh, A, Garrison Brooks didn't play. So he's a little bit more rested in theory, although he's still dealing with an ankle injury. Um, He he didn't play. So he, in theory, is a little bit more rested. And secondly, a number of the guys didn't play uh, in most of the second half. That game got to be, what, 30, 40 points, you know, basically right after halftime. And so guys were able to get a little bit of rest there. So it really is, I look at it more as like the second game in a row rather than three in three days. And the second thing I'll say is, that style that we're talking about of UNC eating the glass, offensive rebounds, yada, 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 it's predicated on having two big men in there. And UNC still does have four of them, five if you're counting Sterling Manley, two can rotate in there. At the very least, Sterling Manley gives you a body for a minute or two, can give you a foul or two. So I think that just because of the depth, because of the way that Notre Dame game went, I don't think it's impossible that UNC can match FSU's physicality. Obviously, the Seminoles are going to be better rested, but... Um, th- there's something going on with these Tar Heels right now. They've they've caught magic in a bottle, and I'm certainly not going to be the person who roots against or, or goes against the guy who's won over 900 career games.
1: Plus, let's not forget, Garrison Brooks didn't play that first night. He played last night, so maybe his legs are a little fresher as well. Brendan Marks with us here. On the way out, I, you, you've been mentioning on social media a big project you're working
3: on, anything you'd like to promote. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll just say this, Josh, you know, a little teaser. Um Roy Williams did have a little milestone last night. You know, he, he passed Bob Knight for third in the All-Times wins list. And, um, you know, it just got me thinking, got the old creative gears spinning. Uh, I wonder what Roy Williams' first win was like. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting little project to dive back into. I'll just leave it at that.
1: We'll find that, and uh, when that story releases, I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Brendan, as you've been doing all season for us, appreciate you spending time each week in the triad, and I'll see you later on tonight.
3: Absolutely, sir. See you later. Yeah, it's Brendan
1: Marks. He's on Twitter at Brendan R. Marks. A few doing it as well as he is, especially covering Duke in North Carolina in ACC Big Four country here. I'm excited for tonight's game, Robert. Oof. Can North Carolina match up with Florida State? Those were some terrific games in the regular season. FSU winning the first one without Scotty Barnes playing, and then with Scotty in the lineup. He was really good. Florida State had a lead. I think they led by 12 at halftime, or maybe that's just their biggest lead in the game. North Carolina cut into it, won the game. Walker Kessler, that's when he really started to emerge for Carolina. Just going to be a great semifinal tonight. How's this for a stat? Because North Carolina won last night, Every year since the ACC was created in the mid-50s, there's been at least one North Carolina school in the semifinals of the ACC tournament. It's pretty wild. If North Carolina were to win tonight, I guess win or lose, there will be history. Every year, Robert, since 1996... Duke or Carolina has been in the championship game. Think about that. Every year for a quarter century, Duke or Carolina has been in the championship game and sometimes playing each other. Pretty neat stuff. That's going to be an 830 tip because, like yesterday, no first game in the doubleheader. I mentioned that Jim Phillips put out a statement from the ACC. I'll tell you why it's time for him to emerge and answer some questions next on The Drive.
0: Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Sports. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad.
1: Let me just say, if Florida State had played Duke last night and FSU had won, I probably would have picked the Tar Heels tonight, but I can't do that here with FSU being incredibly fresh in North Carolina, playing the third game in three nights. Let's go play the movie game now. We welcome in Darren Vaught, our good friend that you know from the Covering the Bases USA Baseball podcast, the Tubby Smith show. He does a great job on as well, voice of the High Point Panthers in basketball. Darren. Good to have you here. How much are you missing the ACC tournament in Greensboro? Uh, I was just talking to somebody earlier today mentioning
2: how weird it is to not be there. and like I called one game on Wednesday for uh, 99, the fan, the ESPN radio affiliate here in the Triangle, but we did it from Raleigh, so I was in a conference room watching literally watching the TV broadcast, and we piped in, we had noise piped in from from the Coliseum that was, you know, accounted for the delay. And it, it's actually sounded it, – credit to those guys for producing it um, because it sounded like we were there, but it's been weird. Only covering one game, not actually being there and, and watching these games on TV. But, um, yeah, no, for sure it's been it's been odd, but that's part
1: of the course. Shoot him a follow on Twitter at Darren Vaught. This is really exciting. It's just something we call a little bit of fun on the way out here on a Friday – It's the movie game.
3: I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story.
2: It's time for some kind of movie game. All right, all right, all right. With Josh Graham and Darren Vaught. Show me the money.
0: So the music is never great, but I feel like the game is always great. I disagree.
1: I love the music. I I know how
0: you feel about it. We do this every week, I feel like. You're the only one
1: that doesn't like it.
0: Well, yeah, I don't like it. But uh, the game is great, is what I'm trying to say. If you haven't listened to us play the movie game before, it's the Rotten Tomatoes movie score. Josh and Darren are going to try to guess the audience score for three movies that I have picked out. And it's golf score, so the lower score wins and... If they hit a movie score on the nose, it's going to be minus five points. And after the third and final movie, if they are within ten points, we will go to a golden movie to decide our victor. And the theme for today is I felt like it would be too repetitive if we did uh, coronavirus, if we did the bubble, if we did anything like that. So in lieu of Virginia and Duke's tournament getting canceled, I wanted to pick movies where something gets canceled within the movies.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, God. So. Actually it, canceled or fake mad canceled?
0: Uh, you'll see. It depends if we get to a golden movie or not, Darren. Uh, I had to go through oh, categories yeah. here. But your first movie where a wedding is canceled is Wedding Singer.
1: Wow. <laughs> I love Wedding Singer. I love this movie. It might be close to a top five or six Sandler movie. I have a controversial take that Waterboy is not a top ten Sandler movie. Wedding Singer is definitely a top ten Sandler movie. The Drew Barrymore love interest. That's where it all started. Oh, Billy Zane Julia at the Gullia. end.
2: <laughs> Billy Zane does, popping up on the plane. He does become Julia Gullia. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Billy Zane on the plane is the best part of the movie. Uh, who's starting here, Robert? Uh, you go ahead. You're first, Josh. Since it's the audience score, I'm going pretty high. I'm going 81% out of 100. What
0: you
2: got, Darren? Uh, I have a score written down. I love this movie also, um, but I don't know that it was as well-received as I would hope. So I, I went with 67.
1: Seven. Wedding Singer comes in at 77. Wow. Okay, close to splitting the difference. We were pretty good on that one. Yeah, Sandler's hair—that was probably the best Sandler hairdo as well. What's the second movie? Easily your second movie,
0: where a flight is canceled, planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Yes, Robert, what's your favorite part of that movie?
0: Uh, it, just John Candy in general. Mm-hmm. I love how on is it the better nerve than Uncle he Buck. Is. is
1: it better than Uncle Buck? Uh.
0: I kind of put him all. I I, we, I actually watched Cool Runnings with my girlfriend last night, and John Candy in any movie is is just cool with me. I I, it, I don't know if I could put him over another one or not, but I, I dig John Candy.
1: Mm, I am so split on this. Ugh. Okay. I got a score written down here.
0: I do, too. All right, let's I fire away too. then, fellas. 69%. 69 for Josh. Very nice. Darren? I got 82. 82 for Darren. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles comes in at 87. Oh! I had oh, oh, oh. I had
1: 89 written down, and I'm like, oh, it's way too high, so I scribbled it out and wrote 69 instead. Oh, <laughs> not so good. <laughs> All right, so this is really close. Very close, very
0: close. So after two movies, Darren, you are in the lead with 15 points. Josh trailing not that far behind with 22. He's seven back going into the third and final movie where a career is canceled in Boogie Nights. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Uh, sure. Yeah, he's replaced. <laughs> he's effectively canceled. At- right, got you. <laughs> Is this movie canceled? No, it's still in. It's still in, I think. I love Boogie Nights. I only say that because I looked at a list of canceled movies to find the golden movie, and I didn't know any of them except for one. And I'm hoping you guys also know that one. If we have to get there. Currently, we do. With Josh trailing by seven here.
1: Dear Lord, man. Boogie Nights. It is a classic. Oh, this is going to be really hard. (sighs) All right, I'm going for it. I got 94% written down. Ooh. I got 94% written down. I am going for it, even though I bet this is not going to be nearly as great as I think it is. Robert, don't hurt me. Darren Vaught, give me the score. I've got an 80. Thank God I didn't write 80. I had 80 written down.
0: Boogie Nights comes in at 93. Let's go! What? Hold one sec! This is gonna be golden movie range. That means we're going to a golden oh, movie. Oh no! Oh no! It's not over yet. It is not over. If you would have hit it on the nose, it would have been exactly 10 points. Oh! But you know what? We're not gonna bask. What's in the, the score? Past.
1: How much am I up by?
0: You're, like I just said, if you would have hit it on the nose, you would have been up by 10, 5 points. So you're currently up five. Okay. I'm up five here. It is 28, Darren, 23, Josh, going into our final golden movie, a movie that is actually canceled, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds is canceled? Uh, Apparently. Have you never seen it before? I haven't. What
2: happened to Revenge of the Nerds?
0: Uh, The depiction of certain classes and races of people is one description. And okay, I think we can great. leave it at that. But if you rewatch it, there are some things that didn't age so well. Aside from sure. uh, Ogre just screaming nerds, it, which is the best part of the whole movie, as he's yeah. dropping someone off a balcony and a, okay. uh, a crowd chants behind him.
1: Okay, I got the score written down
0: here. Oh, okay, Josh is ready uh, to go. Darren, are you ready to go? I got the right answer here. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Josh, what you
1: got? 67%. <laughs> 68! Yes. Boxed him out. That's a win. That's a win regardless. Woo. How close was I though? I bet you it was one that was in the tank. I was worried that this one would be like in the 30s or something. And I made sure to go low enough that Darren doesn't crush me there.
0: Uh, Yeah, it, it is in the tank for Josh. He does win. But Revenge of the Nerds comes in at 73. Let's Go! So both of you were very close. Josh, give us your 30
1: seconds. I am thankful to the folks at the Greensboro Coliseum. That's what I want to dedicate the 30 seconds to. Everybody is so friendly. I know everybody says that when they go to the ACC tournament, but thank you to all the folks there. They are the best. Uh, all the ushers, enjoy getting to know them, and the folks at the ACC, appreciate them having us close to the floor in a season that's kept us very far away from the floor. There you go. Movie game chance like for the well weekend. Well done. Thank you. Thank well you.
0: And look, I'm not. I'm not trying to start anything, but I, I do think Josh might be cheating. I'm going to have to start a new sheets where he does not have <laughs> access to it. So because you can log into this Google Sheets from your email because you invited me to it. I have no idea how to do that. Uh, I'm sure. Which I'm so I'm going to make a new sheets. I don't trust you. If, were, haven't I won like two of the last four, though? No, nah, yeah. but it's Josh's guesses. The guesses are but, too but close. But here's the
1: thing. If I did know the scores, why would it ever get to a golden movie? And in that golden movie, why would I be farther off on the answer than Darren?
0: Because I think <laughs> Josh is a cheater. And I, I, I think – I can't prove it, but I, I want to go and look at
1: the logs to see
0: when the last person that logged in here was. But
1: You make as much sense as dot and this other Carolina fan thinking that I'm posting the Randolph Childress play – from 26 years ago today because I'm trying to stick it to Carolina because, you know, Duke Homer, Dookie G. <laughs> there you go. Darren Vaught, appreciate you, buddy. Of course. You guys take it easy. Have a good weekend. Yeah, we'll talk to him next week when we have a bracket and we have NCAA tournament basketball games. Excited for tonight's game, North Carolina facing Florida State. Is it bad that I kind of want Florida State – I'm I'm split on this. Like I want North Carolina to win because they've had more of a traditional route. But then again, I don't think North Carolina could beat a team that's having two days rest in between their last game and the championship after playing a team for the third day, third game in three days, like Florida State tonight. I just want a really good championship game. I hope we get that one way or the other. But here's what's on the line from a historical standpoint. If North Carolina loses tonight, It'll be the first time since 1996 that neither Duke nor Carolina has been in the ACC Tournament Championship game. Crazy stat there.